0: guys princess here and welcome to another episode of my pumpkin patreon bonus edition i am sitting here on the friday before my trip to disney and i am gonna knock out some podcasting um i haven't done an episode of princess fix my life in a while and i just wanted to you know do something fun and at least where i get to talk about the things Well, this whole podcast where I get to talk about the things I most want to talk about and that's human behavior, what we do and why we do it. And I mean, that's why I enjoy reality TV. That's why I enjoy documentaries. Again, I keep saying uh, the best thing about unscripted TV. Well, the best unscripted TV puts you in a place that you physically uh, can't empathize with, but with people having emotions that you can emotionally empathize with. So... Let's take The Bachelor. You have never been in a house, probably. You you personally have never been in a house, probably, where a do- two dozen women come to stay somewhere to compete for the affections of a person they've never met and just have to like go based on what producers tell them about this person, which, I mean, I wouldn't trust it, but you go ahead. But they are absolutely going through emotional journeys that you can relate to. You can relate to wanting someone to want you, uh, competing with other people, not being sure where you stand, having to ha- having agency of a relationship taken away from you, and the other person is deciding. We've all been there. And so we can really empathize with those feelings and those emotions and the journey right there. But the situational, so maybe I shouldn't say physical, maybe I should say situational. But the situation is not one in which you could you could empathize with because you've probably never been through it. And all unscripted all unscripted TV, those two things, it's got to, for you to enjoy, it's got to be one or the other. But when it's great, it's both at the same time. Um, but what makes, to me, what makes those things interesting is humans and what we do and why we do it. And that's the whole, that's the whole bit. So that's what this whole fucking podcast is about. But I particularly like um, advice shows and I'm like a really judgy bitch. So I always have lots of advice. <laughs> and I love Ayana Fix My Life. I'm, I'm never saying her name right. I think her name is Ayanla, Ayanla. But I think we've all gotten away with saying Ayana. But that's not her name. Ayanla Fixed My Life, which is canceled on OWN network, which I really fucking hate. But um, by the way, I am going to do a bonus episode on the Braxtons when they did their Come to Jesus episodes with Ayanla that were so, oh my God, so dramatic. So I'm excited about that. But for now, let me pretend to be Ayanla and say, you gonna get this healing. You gonna get it. Not on my watch. <laughs> She didn't say you're going to, you were not going to get the healing on my watch, but those are some of her catchphrases. Have you ever laid on some big mammy titties? No, she didn't say that, but she did. She does press people to her breasts quite often. (laughs) Uh, So I'd let you guys know that I was going to do this episode and I, I wanted to know if anybody wanted to ask any questions or advice. I also get things off of, uh, the advice Reddit people put in questions and, I like to pick ones that I think I could like add something to. So let's get started. I'm not going to say the name of anybody who sent me a question because I just don't think it's appropriate. Um, I just don't think like some of you said not to say your name and some of you didn't say anything. So here's what I won't say anybody's name and then we'll be fine. So this this first one is, hey, princess, I've been dying to get your opinion on this. So I'll get straight to the point. I have had a best friend for the last 20 years. It's a long time to have a best friend. Uh, we are very close and text all the time. We have been through a lot of, a lot together and always stuck by each other's side. She's like a sister to me and I genuinely thought I could trust her with anything. Anyway, a couple of months ago, this quote unquote best friend calls me up and tells me she's in a new relationship with my dad. Yes, that's right. My best friend and my dad are dating and claim to be in love. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I don't know what to do. What would you do, princess? I want to cut them both off, but I haven't fully done so yet. My father and I have had a very rocky relationship. I'm more disgusted with him than with her, but I still want to cut them off. Thanks for listening. Okay, so here's the deal. I would be absolutely motherfucking betrayed. And for me, I do not like it when people keep information from me. And I'm I'm not entitled to all information. I really am. But when the people around me have bits of information that they don't share with me and I have been acting on the assumption, the wrong assumption, and then I find out later that other people knew everything and I and I was in the dark, that really bothers me. I fucking hate surprises. I hate pranks. I don't think any of those things are beneficial to me. And if you think you wanna surprise me with something, you should come to me Tell me what the surprise is. And I'll let you know whether I want you to be surprised, whether I want to be surprised with that. And you might say, Princess, then it's not a surprise. And I will say, exactly, exactly. I, and that may make me a control freak, but this would infuriate me for a number of reasons because she is my best friend. And I've had 20 years of like expressing all my feelings and, and thoughts and, And having an emotional relationship with her. And I also have a rocky relationship with my dad already. So she knows that. And then the two of them started dating behind my back. And I'm assuming that your dad's not married to your mom. Yeah, I'm assuming this isn't going to be. That's not the issue. It's just your dad and your best friend. Now. What would I do? I would cut both of them off. But I'm a bitch. And I cut anybody off. I would just block them. But. I, what should you do is the question. Well, you feel hurt, I'm assuming. I mean, you said that. You're, you're stunned. You're shocked. I'm, sure, I'm assuming you're also feeling hurt. That's one thing. The other thing is whether or not that relationship is one that, I don't want to say healthy because healthy is relative, believe it or not. Good's relative. But the question is, outside of the fact that they were secretive, outside of the fact that it's your best friend and your dad, outside of those facts, do you think this relationship is one that if it were in your life, not saying you being in a relationship, but if you, if you allow them in their relationship to be a part of your life would be good or bad for you? Um, for example, it's like when your best friend is dating someone who's like fucking terrible and you may distance yourself from them because you're like, I don't, I don't like, I don't want like your bad relationship to also affect me too. That's what I'm asking. So that's separate from I'm hurt because my best friend and my dad got together. And three, you said your dad, you and your dad had a really rocky relationship and you're more disgusted with him than her. Um... Would you be around your dad, period? You know what I mean? If you have a rocky relationship, like are you, when you say rocky, do you mean like um, we don't really get along, but I do see him once or twice a year, but we're not close and we don't get along. Well, then you don't want to see him all the fucking time when uh, when he's with your best friend. These are all three things to consider because if it's just a question of Sorry, I am eating a mint and this is very disrespectful to this very serious conversation So I apologize in advance. I'm not gonna stop eating the mint. It's almost gone though I need fresh breath. Okay, um so if If it's just a matter of hurt of being feeling left out feeling like they've been going behind your back because I talk to you every day and like you out here dipping and dabbing with my daddy you busted down for my daddy and when I asked you where you was going, you said you was going to the Target, but you was really going to have a dick appointment with my daddy, huh? Then like this right there is is a problem for me. If it's just that, I feel like you can confront the two of them and say, "I think this was, I think this was hurtful for you to to keep something like this from me, and to, to one of you at least openly lied to me a few times at least, and I and also if and when this this doesn't work out because most relationships don't work out. If, and when this happens, how how am I supposed to feel when your ex is my daddy and your ex is my best friend? Like you're putting me in a very compromising position anyway, confront them with that. And it, I mean, if they're worth a damn, they'll be like, yeah, man, like I didn't really want to tell you because I don't know what the fuck this was going. And like, and I I do think I I do wish I had done things differently, and I am sorry I hurt you. If they're like that, that I, we can get through it. If they're like get over it, bitch, then we can't. And if it is that their their relationship is one in which like would be detrimental for you to be around for whatever reason, cut them both off. Cut them both off. I know she's your friend of twenty years. So cutting people off is not always as easy as I make it seem. I understand that. That said, you don't even have to cut them off if you don't want to. Maybe distance. Maybe maybe it's not that we're never gonna see each other, we're never gonna interact with each other, but I'm just not gonna reach out as much. I'm just not like you're not gonna get. And also, let's let's all keep let's keep it all the way real. Anybody in a relationship knows that if you tell me a secret, I tell my my partner. Eh. Unless it's not, unless it's like, there are a few exceptions for the most part. If you telling me a secret, Mr. Curtis knows about it. Does he know, does he remember it? No. Does he know who the fuck I'm talking about? Absolutely not, which is why it's safe to talk to him about it. Cause he don't know them fucking people. But I can't confide in you because your partner is my dad. Mm. And maybe you won't confide, tell him my shit. Maybe you won't, but I don't know if I should be like, just assuming that you aren't going to. The relationship has changed already. (sighs) I think you're right in wanting to cut them off. I think you could probably start off with distancing, which is what you say you're doing. I think you could just try that for a while. And if distancing works for you or you feel like you need to take it up a notch, go ahead and cut them off. I, the moment she would have texted me that shit, I would have blocked her. Immediately. I would not even answered. I would not even answer the text messages. But again, I'm fucked up. Okay? <laughs> I assume everyone is about to hurt me anyway. That they are plotting to hurt me anyway. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And then as soon as you, as soon as someone does actually do something to me, I'm like, yeah, that's right. You're that girl. I knew you were. I knew this was gonna happen. Block. And then if you, if you don't ever do anything to me, I'm like, mm-hmm. playing the long game. Playing in the long game, this is not a good way to live. I need to go back to therapy. <laughs> so, um, this other person is this is more of a kid question for advice. I mostly um raise my son by myself, dad lives out of the state. Bad breakup when he gets upset, he tends to say very hurtful things. I hate you, you're the worst mom ever, etc. When he has big feelings, I send him to his room and he will throw things and be destructive. How do I deal with these outbursts? I'm willing, I'm worried about him getting older and his outbursts getting worse. Um. Obviously it has to be anonymous. Thanks for answering if you get to it. So you don't say how old your kid is and that does make a difference. But I'll try to cover. Keep in mind that some of this is is appropriate child development. Even if it's not typical don't want to use the word normal typical is more it's more appropriate even if it's not typical it still could be appropriate the reason i'm going to act like it's not appropriate is because you're acting like it's not appropriate so i just want to keep that real like if it's possible this is just this kids do things like this sometimes i won't know because i'm not standing there so um i have I'll call him explosive i have an explosive child it's cheeks he's 11 now i've had him since he was five years old and monkey is uh six right now and is slowly approaching like i can see i can see the way he handles things however cheeks has been explosive with big feelings since he was a small child he's been involved since he was three he was adopted when he was six. He lived in very place, many places and he had two failed adoptions during that time. He is someone who is incredibly intelligent. Cheeks gets things faster than anybody in his house. He has, he's great at observation. He understands everything. He's figured out a loophole before the kids have even figured out that there's an obstacle there. He's incredibly smart in terms of like schoolwork, which isn't the same as intelligence, but he gets that shit. Now, what's the problem? It's balled up like he like he put it in his shoe and walked home with the homework. We're working on that. That's a disorganized thing. But everything that's ever prevented Cheeks from doing what he wanted to do was behavior wise. He has ADHD and he has uh DMDD. Let me just look up what that actually is because the truth is a lot of mood behavior stuff it's mood behavior stuff period but mood it's disruptive mood dysregulation disorder. Okay. It's a childhood condition of extreme irritability, anger, frequent and intense temper outbursts. What? Let me finish what I was saying. It's a lot of this stuff is bitch we guessing and we have to put them in some category so that their insurance will pay for what they need. Like, I know how we're gonna treat this, but I can't treat it unless I put, unless I, unless I, um, unless I uh, diagnose something. Cheeks has had this diagnosis before I met him. Um, so what does this mean for him? For him, he has a hard time regulating emotions, okay? And so that means that if he gets upset, it's hard for him to regulate getting it down. It means that if, where lots of kids will get very upset and cry, he might cry, but he also might kick something. And he's also, if you, I don't know if you guys are a member of uh, Princess Diaries. If you are, I talked about this last year. Uh, Cheeks had a Wreck-It Ralph moment at school where they called me at school and he was, uh, destroying a room over a very small thing. And I talked about the dynamics of what happened and the mistakes that I made in that moment and also the mistakes that he made. And we worked from there. My mistake is that Cheeks's ADHD is, affects his mood in in immediate immense ways and that his his ability to breathe and take a moment before reacting is related to his ADHD as well. Now, so this is why like, unlike people would like, just, you know, give your kid a break from ADHD meds. I don't do that because it affects behavior. And I think that me constantly correcting you is detrimental to your self-esteem so I didn't give you your ADHD meds today it affects your executive functioning so I keep asking you why you didn't pick up that sock I keep telling you you need to finish this I know it's Saturday but I mean you still have to make your bed and I keep asking you why you didn't make your bed you're bopping around the house I have to keep correcting you and be like listen we don't run in the house I have to keep doing that right and I just think it's a bad idea for me to ever put my kids in a position where I'm over over and over and over correcting them. And so I know myself I'm not going to let you jump on the couch on Saturday just cuz you didn't get your ADHD meds. I do expect you to like take it down a notch. And so I don't I don't skip med days. I think his ADHD meds affect how he interacts with other people. Whether he's picking up social cues whether he slowed down enough to pick up the fucking social cues, whether or not people want to play with him. These all affect things. And I think his self-esteem will be affected if on Saturday and Sunday, nobody wants to fucking play with him. And he's getting into arguments all the time. And then I'm coming around the corner being like, are you running in the house again? Can you please stop? If you're going to run in the house, if I have to correct you one more time, you're going to have to spend, take a break in your room. Like, do you understand where I'm coming with that? So that's why I don't take breaks um, from ADHD meds because it really matters to, particularly with cheeks, he has severe ADHD. So that time we had the issue at school is because one, I had him on his summer dose of ADHD medicine. They were trying to put it down a bit so he can gain some weight. I should have said no to that. Um, I didn't, and then I did not put it back to his school because school is very different. We expect you to walk in a line, sit quietly for hours, hours. Don't sing. He loves to sing. Don't dance. That's a little dancy baby right there. The day I met him, he was in full motion. Like his, his feet don't move. I mean, his feet don't stop. He would be standing and just his little feet would just be moving and dancing. Even while he's just having a conversation with you. Almost he doesn't even notice. So you can't sit there quietly. Your teacher's constantly being like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, you have to wait. Patience is huge in school. So you don't have your normal medicine. And then we'd gone through something. He hadn't had his normal medicine and he'd had like a couple of hiccups and I gave him an ultimatum. I basically, which is not how I parent. I was just really frustrated um, one of the things I hate about parenting today in today's world is how much information I get because it used to be that like my mom didn't know if I was in trouble to, I mean, I was never in fucking trouble cause I was an amazing child, but <laughs> uh, my mom didn't know if I was in trouble until three thirty. That's when she knew, honest to God, but now I have an app that tells me if he's getting, good behavior points or negative behavior points all fucking day. And then, you know, the teachers call and it's stressful. And one of the things that I've had to do about myself in parenting is try to separate myself from, from what I would do in school based on what they would do in school because I was a very parentified child. I wanted people I wanted adults to like me. I really cared about my grades. I really I did not want to be in trouble. I wanted to sit quietly. I wanted approval. I wanted to show my worth to adults around me. And so therefore, I was a fairly well-behaved child in school, and I was I cared very much about my grades. I cared and because I was a reader, I could easily disassociate into a book, which meant that I had a bigger vocabulary, which made people think I was smart, which is not the same thing at all. And so I was shuttled into, because I was reading early and I could communicate very clearly early, I was shuttled into gifted programs, which also affected my life because we weren't gifted. We were just the quietest kids and the ones that maybe read early or maybe understood math a little better and so I got all that bullshit still in me right all that shit that I've been working on for years and years and years but who knows if I'll ever be better from it and that's separate from what they do in school so I'm stressed because the teacher's calling me I don't want a teacher to call me I don't want to get an email from a fucking teacher about how my kid was talking in class I don't want to I, it, it's, it's, it stresses me the fuck out. That's a me problem, obviously. But so that, so he was on his lower dose of ADHD meds. Didn't realize that, had so much going on. And then i gotten a couple like reach outs from teachers from the week. And I was just like, oh my God, Jakes. So I, ha- I made a mistake and I had a conversation with him that was like, oh, um, listen, um, the next thing that happens is the last thing that's going to happen which is like not how I parent. The way I parent is like, we will figure it out. <laughs> like mistakes are made, problems are, we got problems. You can't get right. Okay, I'm here to help, we'll figure it out. Maybe I can't talk about it right now, I'm too upset, but like when I'm done, you and I will figure it out together. There is no last thing, there isn't anything. What's the last thing? What's the last thing, I'm gonna kill you? I'm gonna drop you off at the fire station? No, the fuck I ain't. And I also don't believe in kids. So I don't even know. I can't even, I mean, I could spank you. It's legal, but I don't want to. So like, it would just make me feel terrible about myself and you. You'd be feel terrible and so would I and then my problem wouldn't be fixed. So like, I honestly don't know why I did that. I was, I think I was in a dysregulated place. So I told him and I was like, well, the next time I get a teacher call for me, it's done, over. And I don't even know what I intended to do. I think to him it meant that he was going to have to stay in his room, which he hates. He hates being isolated from other people. He wasn't going to get any of his electronics. He loves electronics and video games. Uh, He was going to have to go to bed at 7 o'clock. He was thinking like worst case scenario of all things. So then something happened with the teacher and like he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. And she said, I'm going to have to let your mom know. And it set him the fuck off. And should he have been like regulating his, his motions? Yeah. But I'd also pushed us into a corner at this point. And it left him with nowhere to go. Anyway, I talked a lot about it in Princess Diaries and subscribed to that tier, it was last year. But, so I just want to like give you some like, this is, I, I know what this is like, okay? So if, and I'm talking about unusual. Again, This it's also very typical. It's also very developmentally appropriate for some kids to have little outbursts, Okay. So here's what I do to avoid that. For the most part, I don't have a lot of problems with Cheeks. That wreck Ralph situation where he wrecked up that fucking room, that was unusual. Yes, he's had lots of problems over the years before he, he came a part of our family. But one of the reasons that we really, his caseworkers, his therapist at the time, and us, really wanted to make sure he stayed a part of our family is that he does very well in our family. A lot of the problems he had in other families don't exist in ours. And it's because I am very consistent. I like routine. I, I try to take the shoulds out of my parenting, like what we should do, what you should be able to do, what should never happen. And I try to be like, okay, well, this did happen. So how do we get from A to B. Because we can sit at A and talk about how we shouldn't have to be at A, and this is ridiculous, and I don't know. Or, we can get moving to B. What do I gotta do to get us to B? How do we do this together? And so, because of my parenting style, because of the consistency of like, this is the way I live my life, is that I like things to be consistent, he did, he flourished in our house immediately. A lot of the problems, that he had anyplace else he never had. Like this was an unadoptable boy. Like that's the truth is that he was going, like the next step was that he and Turtle were going to be separated because Turtle was getting older. Turtle was about to turn seven. He's tall for his age. Little black boys don't get adopted and certainly not uh big black boys don't get adopted. Not like that, no, I'm not saying never. I'm saying oh, as a rule, it's super hard to place and so they really wanted permanency for Turtle and they were going to have to like move Cheeks to a group home. They were going to move Cheeks to, uh, they were going to have to separate them and they're the last siblings together. It would have been horrible. It would have been horrible. And so that really influenced. But that said, it's a process. So here it is. First thing I do with your son, if you are concerned about Temporary outburst, get him evaluated. You don't have to do anything with the evaluation if you don't want to. But getting him evaluated to understand what may or may not be behind some behavior is helpful, okay? Because it doesn't have to be DMDD, which again, I think is a catch-all, okay? Like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be DMDD. It doesn't have to be ADHD. It doesn't have to be autism. It doesn't have to be anything, but it could be. And if you can get a professional's opinion on it and then use that to either, to help you decide what to do next, it might be helpful. It's just a suggestion. For Cheeks, Cheeks is medicated. Cheeks has always been medicated. As far as I know, um, he did a small stint at a mental hospital when he was four. Uh, and they don't take four-year-olds in mental hospitals, by <laughs> But they, they took him. Um, so... He has a mood stabilizer. Um, we keep it as low as possible because these things are not like, I don't know, they're not Tylenol. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to ramp up and ramp down. It's serious. Like when we had to change, he was already on one when I got him. Um, we changed it as he got a little older because he could, he has more options for what he could have. Um, ramping him down from the old one was difficult. I'm not going to lie because I was worried for my child because as he's ramping down, he's also experiencing physical, um, side effects. Right. And like facial tics, uh, definite mood changes, sleep change. These things, this these are serious things that are done under, under the care of a doctor. So ramping him down and ramping up to the next one was like a little difficult for me. And and I did, I had a lot of anxiety about it. But the fact remains that he is always better when he has corrective medicine, okay? And I'm not gonna feel guilty about that. I know some people do feel guilty. They have like a lot to say about kids on medication and different things. And I I'm not sure I disagree. With any of the points either, but for me, this is what works, and for cheeks, this is what works. Also, with his medical regimen, cheeks and I are. I'm doing. I do this with all the kids, but if I give them medicine, I tell them what it's for. I'm clear. Just to, I mean, listen. I'm the medical consenter. I'm the person that decides what they do and don't do because they're children. But also, like some transparency. Even if I'm giving you Nyquil, I'm giving you Nyquil. I say, hey, I'm gonna give you this hopefully, what I hope happens here, is I hope that your cough gets a little better and you can breathe out of your nose. Um, this also has a little bit of uh, medicine in it that'll make you sleepy. So it'll be easier to sleep because it's hard to sleep when you're coughing all night, right? This is what I tell them every time I give them medicine. So Cheeks understands that his ADHD medicine, he knows that that medicine is for, to help him slow down a bit. That's the easiest way I can tell him that to give him a, another minute to decide what he wants to do instead of just doing things, to give him another breath where he can make choices and his body doesn't make choices for him. He makes the choices, not his body. And we talk, and also it'll be just a smidge, Not, it's not gonna make you smart. <laughs> That's not true, but it's gonna be easier for you to like focus on what you need to do. It's not gonna put the answers on the paper. It's not going to change how your brain, like how your brain can peach the answer, but it'll slow you down so you can look at it and like make the decisions you want to do. We constantly talk about ADHD medicine does not make you good. <laughs> you, good is relative, <laughs> but also you make your own choices in this life. This makes you, all it does is slow you down so you can make a choice and not have a choice made for you. With the mood medicine, he knows that all this does is... Sh- is kind of like sand the edges off his mood. I extr—I describe it to him like uh, a sharp rock. His feelings are a sharp, sharp rock that can like hurt or damage or do things he doesn't want to do when thrown or when pressed up against something. But if we can sand the edges off this bitch and make it just a little smoother, not perfectly smooth, we're still having emotions. Emotions are good. But if we get the sharp edges off of it, it'll be just a little easier to handle. We can hold it in our hands. We can show it to other people without it hurting them. We can control it, right? So that's how we describe that. And so, like, he, he's, he's like, you know, I still get mad sometimes. I was like, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to get mad. Emotions are very good. But can you think while you're having your mad emotion, your serious, your big emotions? You can that's what this is for. And so this having these conversations like he gives he gets his own medicine now he's 11. He can he he's excellent. He's med compliant always has been um since before I met him he could like swallow pills without even because he'd been on so many meds. We did I, I was able to pare some of those meds down when he became adopted and illegally our child. So I was able to pare some of those down work with the psychiatrist and we give he knows that our goal with all my children is the least amount of medicine I can give them. Yes, I will up things. Yes, I will do more, but we gotta be having a reason for it. So he knows that's how I want it because I want the least amount of side effects. So that's what we're doing. So medicated. He's medicated. Let's start there. Not start there. He's, he's been diagnosed in a way that makes it as a tool for me to use. So so then he's medicated. The other thing is, since I know Cheeks is an explosive kid, right? I'm using that term for a reason. I'll tell you in a minute. Is an explosive kid, meaning that his emotions get the most of him. I work on de-escalating situations. And he and I talk about in ways of de-escalating situations. So you're in an argument with your little brother. Instead of me Jumping in and getting mad, instead of me yelling, instead of me ignoring and letting them like amp, up, 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 I go, cheeks. What's up? What's going on? He has my ball. Okay, all right. One time, Bear Bear had cheeks's underwear, and their underwears are all similar but Cheeks is 11. I mean, he's a little skinny, but, uh, he might've been 10, but Bear Bear's big for his age. So Bear Bear's wearing Cheeks's clothes. They almost fit. So I don't know how the underwear got mixed up, but Bear Bear had this pair of underwear that Cheeks was just knew was his. I actually don't know if it was his, but I stopped him cause he was, he was trying to, he, he was about to get in a physical altercation with Bear Bear. And I said, Hey, What's going on? And he told me. He's like, I think it's my underwear. Blah, 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 blah. He needs to give it back. I was like, okay, well, or let's remember, you're older than he is, so you're already got the upper hand, so take a breath. He was able to do that. He has he knows breathing exercise. He has like um he has a calm down book, actually. Um, which is just like techniques for what he does to 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 uh like if he's upset and he goes in his room he can look through this book and he can decide what he's going to do. It's like choices for what you want to do. Like, do you want to breathe? Do you want to do these yoga poses? Now, this book only works because he's already, he has an understanding of what he needs already. So he can be like, even though he's angry with me, he's like, "Mm, mm, mm. I guess I'm going to talk about what I'm grateful for. (sighs) Like, that's because he's already in that space. Um, I don't. Nowhere to buy this Calm Down book. I just... We've had it for a really long time. It's homemade. Um, I've actually... I'm actually going to... I've been thinking... People ask me about it all the time. I'm thinking about, like, making, like, a template for one and selling it, like, for a dollar on Etsy so people can download it and print it themselves. And if it's helpful, they can use it. I'll, I'm thinking about it. Same thing with, like, chore charts and stuff. People keep asking me about stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. I, I do... I find things on the internet, but I also tailor everything to myself. Um, so I might start doing that. I'll let you guys know if I do. But anyway, so he can, uh, he knows he can use that. But I also, the question, I was like, hey, um, if that's your underwear and Bear Bear has been wearing it, do you really want it back? He's like, oh God, no. And I was like, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want it back. He's had his butt on it. And he was like, you're right. I was like, okay, so can you, because I'm having, because I can have these conversations with him, he's used to doing this with me. Um, And also he's a, he's a silly guy, Cheeks is really. I could activate silly mode really quickly. And then I could activate problem solving mode, which is now let's think about what would happen if you, so it's silly to think about like, do you really want to wear stuff that his kibble and bits have been on? No, you don't okay all right and then I can say well if that is your underwear here's what I need you to do go check and see how much underwear you have and then if you need more underwear I can get it for you so now I've given him a task to do so he goes in his room and he counts his he goes in his underwear drawer and he's counting his underwear and he comes down. he tells me the number I'm like do you think that's enough we do laundry once a week here we, you know are they tight like how are they feeling what do you think Oh, they feel fine. But I think some of them are like getting old and I don't want to wear holy underwear. And I was and like, yeah, I agree. Holy underwear is not doing its job. It can't cover you all up. If it's got holes in it. You know what? Later on, I'm, I'm, I gotta go to Target in a couple of days. I'm going to put that on my list. I'm gonna get you a pack of underwear, new underwear. Okay. And we'll also put a C in on the waistband. So we all, so even if it gets lost, I know it's your underwear. Hmm? And so at this point, I have moved him away from the situation at hand. Bear Bear's been gone. Bear Bear's been in the shower with whatever underwear, whether it's his or not. I don't, I I still to this day don't know. But I've de-escalated. It's, a lot of it is catching beforehand. Um, A lot of the general parenting, of things that people talk about now are just treating people like humans. And, one of the things we don't do with humans we care about is gaslight them. Like they say they're hurt and we go, no, you're not. Mm, no, you're not, that doesn't hurt. It doesn't look like you're hurt. Oh, you're in pain, I don't think so. That's not how we talk to people. That's not how you wanna be talked to. If you say you're, you're in pain, you want someone to empathize with you and then try to problem solve with you. So that's what, like if if my son is upset, I'm not gonna say you're upset over nothing. Are you getting mad? Are you getting, Ugh. again, you really, over nothing. I say, I say, can you, are you, are you, are you getting upset? Is this about this? Why is that making you upset? He'll tell me, or if he's not in a place where he can tell me, I'm like, let me try to let me, you, if I tell you, you tell me if this is true. You're upset because you think your brother has your underwear and you don't like your things being taken because they belong to you and two, you don't want to share underwear with people because that's gross. And three, you, you're worried I won't believe you. And like, well and he'll be like, Yes, yes, I think that too. Yes, yes. And I'll be like, okay, you're right, that sucks. I like my things myself too. I don't want to share underwear with anybody, not even your daddy. I <laughs> I do a lot of like humor and silly things and things too. And it, it usually helps. If I can get them to laugh, I can I can we can do anything from there. One of the things that his caseworker told me is that she thinks that she could be just like bullshitting me, right? Because she was trying to definitely get this kid placed. That He'd been on the books a long time. He was causing a lot of trouble. <laughs> he was throwing furniture at people. He had a lot of, so she could have been bullshitting me. One of the things she said is like, I think you and Cheeks get along so well is because he needs a fun mom. He needs someone who's not always super serious who who laughs at him? He's such a little clown. Who will be silly with him? And I was like, yeah, I don't have a problem. Like I love to laugh. You make me laugh. You got me. And cheeks is funny. That's a funny motherfucker. And so so um, but I don't discount his feelings. When think about how you feel when someone discounts your feelings. I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just like talking generally. When someone discounts your feelings, it makes like, if someone says, calm down, bitch, I ain't never going to be calm again because you, (laughs) no, you know what I respond to? That was fucked up princess. Did you see that? Oh my God. Oh my God. Princess, I will be mad too. Okay. 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 Let's just, (sighs) because we can't go to jail today, princess. We're on our way to Chipotle. And I'll be like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) <laughs> because you're empathizing with me and you're not telling me what I'm feeling isn't real. So I do that with them. That's part of the de-escalation. So I, I empathize. My rules in my house are rules. They're not based on whether how I'm feeling today. These are the rules of the house. In fact, if you come to my house, there is a a large whiteboard with the rules of the house in there. I, they know I control them, but it's not like, I control them with my mood. So no running in the house is not like, but when I want to run, it's fine. That's not what it is. If I'm running, I'm in the wrong too. And so because the way the rules are set, I don't have to be like, but I want you to, but I care. Because then you can argue with me about it. I can be like, okay, but the rule is we don't hit people and we don't snatch things from people. So we can't do that anyway. So I empathize. I, re- I reiterate the rules or the situation or what has to happen. I also give choices. So I say, th- say things like, okay, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? Listen, you don't have to fold your clothes, but you can't watch TV until until you do that. So it's fine if you want to go play in your room, but you can't watch TV till after that. So do you want to play in your room or do you want to watch TV? And we go from there. I give tasks, especially if we're upset about something that like maybe isn't necessarily a rule, but like the underwear thing, like I ask you to do something to further your goal so you can go do that. Like I did with Bunny. I had Bunny write a list of things that um, made her upset about her brothers. That's a task that she could complete. And then when she came back, she was already more calm because she had time to do this. And then I could go over it with her and we could talk about ways. So then, and that's the last step. Problem solving. So those are, that's kind of ways I head off big emotions at the past. okay? Right, what I just said. And the last thing I would do is I make them responsible for their choices. So breaking things and yelling in the room isn't like, great okay but if they're in the room and they're safe i don't go in there okay like if they were running down the street and that's that's i need to intervene in that but if you're mad at me and what you're doing is throwing toys in your room as much as that it hurt girl it hurts me i i be in the kitchen being like i want to go up in there and tell him listen motherfucker not in my house you breaking my shit (laughs) i want to so bad But I don't because at this point we can't have a conversation because if I let it not if I let, because that implies like my fault. But if we're at the point where the emotions are too big to control and you are doing something like that, we're beyond conversation. You can't hear shit I'm saying right now. And this is something I argue with my husband all the time because my husband wants to go in there be like, boy, boy, (laughs) not in my house. And I and I want to, too. But he can't hear you. He cannot hear you. Any big, big emotions that you can't control, they can't, they're crying really hard. They're lying on the floor in the supermarket. They can't hear you. Even if they could hear you and they want to do what you want to do, they are out of control of their body. Do you think about it? You've been there too. I've been there. I've definitely been there where I've been like, I want to stop this. Either crying or uh, storming away. I, I want to stop. I can't, I can't. So what you need to do in that case is to let them, let them. I do make a rule. If we're screaming in our room, monkey does this a lot where he goes in there and goes, yeah, 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 yeah. He's crying all hard. He's screaming or whatever. Um, if we're, I do say this comment, like if we're going to be very loud in here, I don't want to hear that. So I'm going to close the door. If you don't, if you don't want, and they all hate it when I close the door. If you don't want me to close the door, you should like try to keep it down a little bit. And I make good on, I I close the door if I have to. And so I keep an ear out, usually five, maybe 10 minutes. It doesn't take long. The extended rages, that is a, that is absolutely a, a, a sign of, we need some diagnosis. We need a, we need a professional to look at this. Um, if we're, if we're lasting 20, 30 minutes, that's a really long time to be doing this five, 10 minutes. I keep an eye out and then I go. And if I can hear them start to be quiet, I go and I knock on the door before I open it. So they know I'm coming in here. I open the door and I say, were you able to, are you able to like calm down and talk right now? And almost always they say, Oh yes. Yes, to the point, and because this is such a, um, this is such a routine to the point that if I do this and I open the door, usually the first thing someone says is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for yelling. I'm sorry for whatever, whatever. But the part about where I make them responsible for their own choices is if we have broken something or we've destroyed our room, we are now in charge of cleaning up our room. If we have broken something and it belongs to someone else, we are now in charge of replacing it if we can't fix it. If we've broken something, and and that means money, and for if you don't have any money, you can work it off, we'll come up with a plan. If you've broken something that belongs to you, I will not replace it. And and you can do it, but I will not, then it's just broken now. There are some exceptions, obviously. Like your lamp in your room, sure that belongs to you, but we need to replace it, so you're going to have to work that off. And I usually try to do a recap at this, because I want them to, I want them to understand that the choice to calm down is theirs, okay, that even if we're upset, the things we do when we're upset still matter, you don't get a pass because you were mad, and three, let's talk about how we got here, so I'll be like, do you know why I asked you to go in your room, and they'll, and they'll, sometimes they'll be like, I don't know, and I'm like, you sure you don't know, do you want me to give you some time to think about it, they don't want me to leave at this point. So usually they're like, well, because I did this and this and this. And I, and I try to be like, yes. And the reason we can't do that is this. We can't hit people because we don't want to be hit. We treat everyone the way we want to be treated. And we don't want to hurt someone. We can't put our hands in other people's food because that's disgusting. Again, we want to be treated the way we, we want to treat people the way we want to be treated. And you would, you wouldn't want someone's dirty hand in your food. You, we all have bubbles. We all have our space and we're allowed to have our space. And if someone asks you to get out of their space, like get your hands away from my food I'm eating, that you should have respected that. Whatever the reason is. Okay. Because some, because sometimes they're, the reason they're raging is because I sent them to their room. Right. This is one of the things we're talking about. So I'm going long on this. I apologize. It's just, I have a lot to say about it. So. After that, I asked them, how are we going to fix this? Now, if it is the things that happen, like you threw some shit around your room, you can clean it up. All right. When you clean up your room, come on back out. Join us. If you did something to someone else, well, how are you going to make this up to them? What do you need to do? First, I need to go apologize and I need to fix it if I can. Like if I threw something of theirs or I, I don't know, I threw Legos all over the floor. I'm going to go get the Legos. I'm going to handle it. This gives you something to do besides sitting in shame and, and guilt gives you something now I have a task to complete so then I go do the, and then once it's done and they're back let's say we're eating dinner I have to send you away from dinner and you flipped out at me now you're back I don't say thank good you was acting good so now you're back I don't say that I don't say oh wow you was tripping I don't say that either I say I'm glad you're back with us that's what I say I say thank you for coming back We miss you. That's it. That is me welcoming you back. Not me punishing you because you came back and, oh, she was crying. Did you see her crying? Girl, you was crazy a minute ago. Nobody wants to hear that. It makes you feel shitty because you went off, even if you didn't do anything bad, but you got upset and you left and you went to your room to cry or whatever. You went off to try to regulate yourself. And the reward for that is that we're going to make fun of you. No, the reward for it is I'm like, I'm so happy you're back here. Come on, come on. I saved your food. This is the process in which I do these things. But I don't know how helpful that was for you. But that's what I do for Cheeks, who is like a big, like he's always had this problem. He's he's actually doing very well. And I feel bad talking shit about it. I feel like I'm talking shit about it. I don't think I am, but I feel bad because he's doing very well. He is actually probably the most mature person in this house. Turtle is quiet because he doesn't want to get in trouble and he's obedient because he doesn't he's terrified of being in trouble. That's not the same as being mature. Cheeks is mature for his age. He has a great understand. Doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. He just understands. And he's also someone who works fair. His strength is that if you tell him what he needs to do to get the things he wants, he he's like, "Okay. Step 1, step 2, step 3. Got it. I'll be back." So I don't know. It's just a a certain level of maturity with him. Um, And Monkey is just really having a hard time controlling emotions. He's very jealous of Bear Bear. Keep in mind that he did not live with Bear Bear for a very long time. He was always the baby. Bear Bear was not. And it's difficult for him. Bear Bear is taller than he is. Um, He's insecure about that. He wants to be considered older and bigger he feels left out he is like just where he is um he's also infantilizing himself in a lot of ways now because he wants he thinks that like he can take a shower by himself but he wants me to shower him and wash his body and wash his hair because he wants attention from me and I actually don't mind doing that like that's not an issue but like he Sometimes it's hard for him to control his, his, his anger. He's not medicated. I mean, he's medicated for ADHD, but he's not medicated for mood stuff because I think he's developmentally on target. I don't think like Cheeks was have before we got Cheeks, Cheeks was having long rages. And last year when his medication was not at the appropriate level for his body and in what he would need to do, that proved it. Like, like some people be like, just don't give him any medicine and see what happens. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. He can make choices when he's an adult and that, and I'll, I'll honor those choices. But until then, I need to do what is safe for my child. And a little black boy running around here, unable to control his emotions, throwing shit is never a safe, he, he, he looks like a threat to other people. But as far as monkey is concerned, monkeys has small problem, small explosive things and things like that and I think he's developmentally on target I think this is appropriate for what he's going through they don't last extendedly anything like that it's just that he will this this is something that will happen to him and for my part something I had to learn with cheeks and I learned it very quickly but I got to remind myself do not escalate do not escalate don't talk about my feelings don't talk about why I'm mad don't be mad back don't pick at them my mom used to do this to me I was upset. She would be like, Ugh, you're crying again? Well, guess what? Guess what? You're acting like a goddamn baby right now. That's right. I'm gonna call you baby princess. I mean, not princess, but I'm gonna call you baby princess. Her name's baby princess now. Cry baby princess. Like, that's not, <laughs> how helpful is that? How motherfucking helpful is that? I, in fact, the most I can do is probably not talk at all during that time. Not at all. And bre- let them come back to it. In fact, I know it's working because Monkey is, Monkey got us up with his family, with his brothers the other day. And I just, I wasn't around for that part, but I just noticed he was in his room. I was like, oh, why are you in your room? He's like, I'm in here calming down. (laughs) I was like, okay. He's like, I just want to be alone for a minute so I can be calm. I said, okay, are you going to come out to the table and do homework with us when you're done? Yeah, when I'm ready, I'm going to lay here. When I'm ready, I'll come. And he did, when he was ready, he came. And I told him, I was like, good job, good job of knowing what you needed and going to do that. Okay. But I don't know how helpful that was. So let me tell you, um, people always ask me where I get a lot of like information and stuff. And I read a lot of things. I take what I can use and I leave the rest. I try things. See how that feels. Does it feel right? Does it feel good? Does it feel like I could tweak it to myself? I do that. If I try it, it doesn't work. I don't do it no more. That's it. Like, there's no, there, you can, you can have tons of resources and books and people giving you advice and everything, but you got to go down to what's your situation. So, two books that really, 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 really worked for me. Okay. Um, the first is The Explosive Child. Okay. It's in the sixth edition. You can get off Amazon. It's by Ross Green, green with an E at the end. Um, it really did well for me to understand what they expected from me. Like what like what was going on? Like what the expectations were. And how to like. Because a lot of kids, neurotypical kids or kids like Turtle, who just are really. They're terrified of being abandoned by you, so they just really want to make you happy. They want to make you happy so bad, so they'll do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah, you can just do whatever with Turtle. Turtle'll do it. I don't have to think twice about Turtle. I don't have to, uh, like think outside of the box with Turtle. He'll just do it. But I could, st- I still be doing the wrong thing in helping him. Like, because I am not I'm I'm not being a thoughtful parent. So like sometimes you can get a wave of like just doing whatever. And far be it from me to tell you to work harder, far be it for me. But understanding that a child that blows up is a little different. And getting in there and being like, okay, actually this doesn't help in those situations has helped me be a better parent to everybody because even bunny bunny actually doesn't explode most of the time bunny doesn't even react sometimes when you punish her if you tell her she has to go to a room she doesn't even react which is also a thing we need to talk about or work i mean i don't want her to be upset but like it's a question to ask herself why doesn't she react to that um But I've gotten better about parenting her even though she isn't. The explosive child is is helpful. Just read through it, it. See if you recognize yourself in there. And it also has some other techniques to use. Like if you feel that you, if you feel like you're like getting lost in the sauce. I agree with you. Like as they get older, I worry about my kids all the time. I just told you I have a little black boy, and I'm, and he's getting older and older. And people always think, uh, black children are older than they are. And I don't want people calling the police on him because he got into an argument over a fucking water gun, and he got shot, and he was mad. And I don't want that. He needs, like, for his own safety. He needs to be as he gets bigger and bigger. He's gonna be less and less cute. This shit ain't gonna be cute. And so, like, actually. <laughs> Again, I feel like I've talked shit about him. Actually, he's doing really well right now. And he has been for, since that last incident. I'm not saying he's never gotten in trouble. We're kids. We're we're gonna get in trouble. But he's doing really good. Um, I feel like, I feel like when he got in trouble at school, it really scared him. He hadn't been that angry in a really long time. Like, years. He'd been with us four years at that point it'd been so long four years is a long time when you're 10 and he just was like I think it scared the shit out of him um the other book I would suggest you read that's really and this is just general for general like discipline with kids it's called No Drama Discipline the Whole Brain Way to Calm the Chaos and Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind I don't expect you to read all remember all that it's called No Drama discipline it's by Daniel J and J Siegel and Daniel J J mm. it's Daniel J Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson the the uh listings wrong this is like if you have a uh a library card if you don't have a library card go get one but if you don't if you have one you can use the Libby app you can get the the audiobook and just walk around listening to the shit while you're cleaning super good Super. Really gave me a different perspective on discipline. Um, when I first started raising kids, I thought I thought punishment was the way I needed to go, but discipline's different. Discipline is a matter of teaching and guiding. Punishment is a matter of revenge, and I actually don't need to take revenge on any of my children. Even when I'm upset with them, I'll just go in the room with my husband and talk shit about them. And like reenact when they're, when they did something dumb. Never tell them though. That's between us. That's us. That's, that's bond in our marriage. But <laughs> I can do things on, I can handle my own feelings on my own time with my people, as opposed to trying to work out my feelings with them. You understand? Um, and that's what punishment is. Punishment is revenge. And I don't want to punish. I don't want to revenge. I don't want to avenge my feelings with my children discipline I want to guide them I want to teach them things I want to show them things that'll be helpful for them in the future that's important and so it really changed my mind about a lot of discipline techniques and a lot of the stuff that you hear from me right now when I'm talking about I'm doing with my kids and people will be like that's interesting that I never thought about doing that I got that shit from here so something to think about I I talked a long time about this but I hope I was helpful I really do hope I was helpful I don't even think if I answered your question but I hope I did the next one I actually got from a listener was, I need help being a better morning person. All my energy is at night when my husband is asleep. But I don't get home until 8.39, so I don't want to get ready for bed yet. But if I were a better morning person, i I have like four or six things to do around the house before going into work. Okay. I know I got this question because I'm married to a raccoon, all right? Every day, like, I, I'm a morning person. I am... I love getting up before everybody else so y'all could be quiet and I can get my shit done. I love it. I time shift at work. I get there at 6.30 in the morning. I leave at 2.30. Do I take a lunch? No, because if I get my car and drive, it'll go back to my house, okay? Even when we go out to team lunches, they know I can't drive. I can't go because I'll drive right home. I have no control. of The car just goes home. And I just never found it in, you know, inspiring to eat, I bring lunch to, to eat this lunch in the break room. What for? I'm still at work. So if I'm at work, let me work so I can fucking leave. Shave an hour off my damn day and move on. You know what I'm saying? So I, that like getting up early is my shit. I don't think I was always like this. In fact, I know I wasn't like this. I used to also be a sloppy toppy mess. My parents used to scream about my room all the time. Um, I honestly think that was childhood depression. <laughs> I, I honestly think that. I like stuffed papers in the things and just like hide things and uh, food and shit. I, I, I think I was depressed. But my parents would be like, live it with me. When are you going to clean this fucking room? Or they come in. My mom has, a, has a, a policy of trash bag. She just comes in and throws everything away. Which was like really hurtful at the time um which is why i try not to do that with my kids uh i i try to i try to make i try to help you make choices especially with turtle who's a hoarder <laughs> he's not literally a hoarder so i probably shouldn't be using even using that because it's like that's a serious thing but he is someone who has a hard time letting go of things including trash and so i break it down in spaces like one hour like i can't do more than one hour because like explain to you why you can't have trash is like hard but he has to be a part of it and he has to make the choices I'm only in fact a lot of times I'm not even doing it I'm laying in his bed like I will cuddle up his bed and just yell directions from the thing I'd be like he'll hold something up I'll be like okay so let's talk about it how are we going to use that how are we going to keep it is it in good condition is it useful is it yours? <laughs> like, actually, that's not yours. Give that back to your brother. <laughs> like, the, well, and I'll, I'll, I'll just guide him along the way, and he will make the decisions. Cheeks doesn't have this problem. Cheek is Cheeks is ready to get to the end of everything. Like, when I say the more things you own, the more things you have to care for, he'll be like, "Okay, throw all this shit in the trash. I don't want it." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> which I don't let him do anyway. Like, so back to this. Uh, I used to. Not, I don't think I was a morning person. I don't think I was a person that really like was very neat. Um, again, I think it was childhood depression, but over the years I've become a morning person. I love early mornings when people aren't around. That said, the morality people place on whether you get up early is weird. It's just a part of the day, a part of the day. Now, am I done by 10 PM? Yes, the fuck I am. And is that when my husband gets activated? I've already cleaned the kitchen. I put the kitchen to bed. That means don't come back in this kitchen. I go to sleep. I put on my eye mask. I got Sherlock on the TV with a 30-minute timer. And it's completely dark in in here. And the TV will go off in 30 minutes. Regardless of whether I do it or not. I'm laying down. My my room is across from the kitchen. Sunlight here. (laughs) Sound like an animal going to the trash. That is my husband. He has decided now is a great time to make a roast chicken. He has decided now is a great time to... Dis- too late. Like, disassemble the couch, clean all the cushions and vacuum them. And I'm like, Mr. Curtis, go to bed. And he'll be like, I'm not sleepy. Okay, then get out of the kitchen then. Go away. Go in the office, which is on the other side of the house. Go in there and close the door. Everybody else is asleep. Is that annoying? Yes. But that said, I'm not a better person because my favorite part of the day is earlier. I'm just not. And... I know that. And not everybody is me. So the first question I ask you, ma'am, is do you need to be a morning person? Like, you say you don't get up till 839. That sounds like you don't even need to be a morning person. Um, Your day is shifted later in the day. I would ask my partner. I'd ask my partner first. That's the first thing I'd do. I'd be like, is this really a problem? Because the truth is, as much as I just like Mr. Curtis being a raccoon, I don't want Mr. Curtis to be any other way than what he needs to be. I... Mr. Curtis is the most important person in my life. He is more important than my children. He is, quote unquote, my life partner. I hope it stays our entire life, but that relationship is the relationship that will outlast all other relationships. He is incredibly important to me. No, I don't put him over my kids. That's not what I'm saying. He's a, he's an adult. They're children. But that relationship is the relationship I need to nurture the most because it's going to stay with me the longest. Hopefully. We'll see. But So guess what? I don't want him to be unhappy. I don't want him to be any other way than he needs to be. If he want to stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning. Well really he'd be staying up till 4. If he want to stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning. In here shining shoes and shit. Coming up with plans. One day. You know. When we first got together. One day I could woke up in the morning. This motherfucker carpeted the bathroom. Talking about my feet get cold in the morning. I said, "Listen, any ideas you get after I go to sleep, wait on them, because first of all, it's disgusting to carpet, carpet, carpet a bathroom. Every time you flush the toilet, all these particles come out of it. We need close the toilet when you flush it. Also, get that rug out of here. That's nasty too. Just we gotta do we gotta do what we gotta do with this floor. Germs seep up in there. Nastiness. That's how you get impetigo. I don't even know what that is, but I heard about it one time and said, don't tell me anything more about it. I don't want it." So, that is annoying. But that said, like, as long as he don't bring me into it, he's in here building models and shit and watching anime, live it up, live it up. Don't ask me to do it. So maybe your husband, <clears throat> maybe your husband's like, I got earplugs and a, an a eye mask. I don't give a fuck what you doing out there. <laughs> ask him, ask him. Maybe he'll say, uh, just don't play the drums anymore. Maybe I'll say that, but that's fine. Start there. And if you really do need to change some things, what I would say is don't press yourself physically. If you don't get home till 839 o'clock, you're not sleepy. Like, okay, let's think about the, uh, the tip, the normal schedule, normal bullshit, but the, you work nine to five. You get home about 5.30 to six o'clock. No one expects you to go to bed at seven, right? So you would eat dinner, do your activities, maybe do a couple things around the house, you know, read a book, watch Real Housewives, and maybe you end up going to sleep around 10.30, 11 o'clock. That's so four or five hours at home at night. Okay, so if we do that, that means that you're you're set to go to sleep at like 12.30, one o'clock, Okay. So from 12, so I think that's fine. But if you decide that you want to get up earlier, ways to get up earlier. Then here's some ways that I have. I sleep is incredibly important to myself, uh care. When I don't get sleep, I have a hard time thinking. I have a hard time with patience. I yell at my kids. I don't like yelling at my kids. I got yelled at all the time. I had to apologize to them yesterday. A whole bunch of shit happened yesterday. And I had to, I got out of the car. And I walked, we were in a parking lot. I walked away from them and I sat on the curb and I breathed until I could feel comfortable. And I felt calm enough to come back. I opened the door. I said, okay, let's have a talk. And I apologized for yelling. I said, you can't hear me when I'm yelling because I'm just screaming or scared. And also like, this is not how I want to talk to people. I want to talk to you guys the, the way I feel about you, which is I adore you. So I want to talk to you like I love you. And then... I laid out what I needed from there. They all accepted my apology. They're such nice kids. I always accept their apologies too, I would not. Like if a kid's trying to apologize to me, I'm not gonna be like, well, I don't accept it, bitch. (laughs) So, um, but when I get enough sleep, that's how I am. I, my mood is bad. I get depressive. My, My dark thoughts spiral and that's bad for me in general. So sleep is the most important thing. I get as much. So if if getting up early is going to sacrifice your sleep, uh, uh-uh, don't do that. But if you're saying that you're getting enough sleep, but you just think you can get up a little bit earlier and get a couple things done before you go to work, so that the things you do after you go to work can be a little quiet, so you can spend your time, you can still get still get your time and do what you want to do but it's not waking up your husband got that i support that after you talk to him but i support that so make sure you get a lot of sleep make sure i would put my alarm away from my bed um even if you don't just a place you can't reach it it doesn't have to be in another room cuz some people don't hear it i was listening to some podcast I forget the name of it, but there's some weird white guys. I think it was The Minimalist. Maybe. And they were saying that they don't allow computers and phones in their bedrooms. Or TVs. Because bedrooms are for sleeping and fucking. I was like, okay. I mean, they didn't say it like that. You know. I was like, okay, that's interesting. You, you're basically my mom. You turn off your phone to charge it in the living room at night and then forget it even exists and it's halfway through the fucking day I'm trying to call you. And you're like, oh, I forgot to turn my phone back on. It was in the living room. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe that's helpful. But for me, it wouldn't be. Um, so I use it as my alarm. So I, But I put it somewhere I can't get it. So if my bed's a little raised, so I would have to get out of bed to, to touch, to get a phone off the floor. That's fine. I need to get it somewhere. So that makes you, you gotta go get it. The other thing I do is a small habit of instead of turning off your alarm and laying in the bed as soon as your alarm rings get out of the bed even if it's just to stand even if it's to like lean against the wall get out of the bed it makes it easier to wake up um, a routine is very important first thing I do when I wake up is poop it's the first fucking thing I do if I pooped the day is started Okay, you can't get back in the bed <laughs> This is the routine, and I'm telling you that that's, that's TMI, princess. Come on, come on, too much. But I'm telling you that because it doesn't matter what the routine is. It could be as stupid as I know when I wake up I go poop, and once the poop is done, I'm today's started. That it can be like that. It could be as simple as my coffee starts. I, I know my coffee automatically starts. The first thing I do is I walk over there and I start fixing my coffee. And then I do this and then I do that. That's It's, it's easier to get into a morning routine that way. Um, yeah, accountability works too. If you're having a really hard time waking up early, I would join forces with someone else who gets up around the time that you wanna wake up. And I would say... We are going to talk on, we're going to call each other, not even just text. Or maybe we can do this. Maybe we can say, I'm going to text you when I wake up and you're going to answer me. And if you don't answer me, oh, answering can be hard. Okay, this is what I do. This is how I set it up. I go, we're going to try to get up early. So when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to take a selfie of myself in the bathroom, standing in the, standing upright in the bathroom. I'm going to send it to you. And you're going to send me a selfie of yourself standing upright, either in the bathroom or in the kitchen, but you're going to be standing up. Yeah, you're going to look crazy. <laughs> your head's, your bed head, you're going to have crust in your eyes, but I, but you're taking a picture of yourself and you're going to send it to me. And if one of us doesn't send a picture, the other one is free to call. Because, you know, people don't like it when you call their phones, um, especially me. So I don't want you to call proof we've gotten up accountability buddy that's the ways I would do it um as a person that's naturally up oh one more thing the reason I'm naturally up earlier is I get to do things I want to do so I often read in the morning um sometimes I go outside and have a popsicle with my dogs they don't eat the popsicle they're outside playing and I'm just sitting out there in the nice morning You're eating a popsicle. I don't care the popsicle isn't breakfast food. This is my business. So I know I want to do that without my kids. Cause once they're up, we gotta get moving. I do things like I uh, I'm a big like planner. I have a digital planner. Um and I like to like write out lists and what I'm gonna do and like I'd like to do that in peace. Sometimes while I'm eating a popsicle. Make it something that you enjoy. Like for the reason I'm able to get up so early and get to work and my work is far from my house by 6.30 a.m. is because I know I want to beat traffic. And if I can leave at 2.30, I get home before my kids get home. That's important to me. I love this. I want to be the first thing they see when they get home from school. And I want to listen to all their stories. Not all of them are important or interesting, but I want to hear Every now and then we get an interesting one. I want you. I want to help you with your homework. I want to talk to you about these point systems I'm getting from your ass uh, at school. Like, why did you get a negative point for out of dress code? Do you, how did your clothes change before you left here? Like, I want to do those things. So, yeah, like, I. So getting up early does gets me something. What does it get for you? I would think about that and and building a treat. I mean, have you thought about having breakfast brownies? Be like, if you get up before this time, you are free to eat a brownie. I'm I'm just saying that works for me. You got to think about it for you. But first step, make sure you need to do it. Don't sacrifice any of your sleep or any of your mental health or anything else. Don't pressure yourself. And remember, it's two steps forward, it's one step back. Okay. Like there are going to be days you're going to get up early and it's going to become a habit. And then sometimes you won't. And the days I don't get up early, because even on the weekends, I'm up by seven. Even on the weekends, if I don't get up early, that's because my body told me it didn't want to. My body needed to lay down. And so I did. (laughs) If you don't listen to your body, your body won't listen to you. So that's how I broached the things. Like yesterday, this is off topic, but yesterday I had a lot of things to do. I didn't do a few of them because I was tired because I had to spend a lot of time talking to Bunny about some things, some some important things. Guess what? So fucking what? I went over to my to-do list and crossed them out. (laughs) I wrote, not gonna do that. I got these special digital stickers for my, they're not special. I don't know why I said that, but they're special to me, I guess. um, That say canceled, not gonna happen. Thought I was gonna do it, wasn't gonna do it. And I just put that on top of shit I didn't do. (laughs) The th- I gotta be flexible. I gotta reframe that is not that I did not do exactly everything I wanted to do. To more like I found more important things that needed to be, be, be done, and that's what I did. Talking to Bunny, getting an extra hour of sleep because my body needed it. Remember, your best is is your best is not a fixed thing. Your best could be better today. It could be smaller tomorrow. Sometimes your best is. I took a shower. Sometimes the best you could do. Congratulations, you took a shower. As someone who's always wants to be, this is this is this is part of the reason that I'm not like a, a happy-go-lucky person. Is that I think I can tweak everything. I think everything could be a smidge better. Like um, at work, last year I only completed sixteen projects for the year. This year I've already completed twenty-one. And I told myself I wanted to get to 30 by the end of the year. It's, it's about to be October. I looked at my pathway and I was like, oh, I'll definitely be done with 30 by the end of the year because I only need nine to get to 30. So <laughs> it, as soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, so I guess the goal now is 40. And a coworker worker was like, wait, 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 wait. Why is the goal now 40? I was like, because I'm obviously going to hit 30. I need, I, I know I can do a little better. And after talking with them, I put it down to 35. But I am a person that always is like, I could do better than this. I could do better. I, I could do better. <laughs> and, so, and so that's hard for me. But my best changes every day. And some days it's, I didn't get up as early as I wanted to. I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. But that's what I needed that day. And like Bunny's not gonna remember whether or not I, I washed and folded towels yesterday. She is gonna remember that like, every time we had a conflict, I was able to take a break, right? Cause I don't want to argue, take a break and then sit down with her and like talk about it. And we talked, we talked at length and then I made sure she knows I am always on her side. I'm always on her team. I always want to see her win. I don't like all the calls but i will be back here next season wearing the same fucking jersey and i will be there when you're 16 and when you're 18 and when you're 35 and when you're 40 i'm going to be here that's right i'm going to live fucking forever and i'm going and when you're 40 years old and you're mad at your husband or your wife or your or your uh poly family whatever the fuck ends up happening or your dog whatever happens and you and you like mom i need to talk to you i'll be like I'm here. What's up? Oh my God. He said what? And then what? And then he took off his leash. Oh my God. That dog is, (sighs) I think you're handling it very calmly. I just want to say that. I think you're doing a great job. Do you want me to come over and get that dog right now? Cause I will. I'll come over get that dog and stay over for the weekend and you can take a break. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm on my way. Like, (laughs) we're gonna be, we're gonna be doing this. I'm here. And nothing you can do can make me go away. Nothing. You've already done some really wild shit. (laughs) Check out Princess Diaries. (laughs) But You've already done some really wild shit. And guess what? I'm still fucking here. I'm not going away. You couldn't shake me. You can't do it. And so, but she's not, she's going to remember that feeling. Maybe she won't even remember the exact conversation. She's going to remember that feeling. She's going to remember that we talked and that then I made her finish her homework because <laughs> the fact is we got to finish her homework. Even after we talk all these feelings, we can uh, emphasize with you and I totally understand it. And actually, I don't even think this homework is that important. But I think finish, being committed to the fourth grade is important because that's the job right now and then we had Chinese food and then we painted nails and stuff she's gonna remember how she felt and that's more important than whether I got the towels done and that's more important than whether or not I wrote a podcast schedule and that's more important than whether the dogs got an hour walk sorry dogs I'll make it up to you but or whether or not I I cleaned out my closet way fucking more important everything changes what's most important I'm off topic. Let's go on. So those are the questions I got from listeners. And I'm going to do like two questions that I found on Reddit. This one is, should I confront my friends about them talking behind my back? I usually play Valorant. I don't know what that is um, with my friends. That's why I don't know what it is because I don't play co-op games. Um... Today we were playing and out of the blue, I got a message from a friend saying she's so loud. I can't aim. So I'm going to mute her. It was a private message. I could tell it was about me since he's dating one of the other girls in the group and I'm the only other girl. Um, Right after he talked to his girlfriend in Team VC, I guess that's. uh, okay, and they started giggling. I made out my name. She heard her name and assumed they were talking about the message she had just sent. I didn't think I was being too loud. I was just having fun like everyone else, but I guess I didn't see it that way. I stopped talking after that because I felt really hurt and was scared I was being annoying. Most of all, I keep thinking about most of all, I keep thinking about it. They've complained about me behind my back. I know they've talked about me before things like my relationships and so on, but I didn't think much of it until now. Am I being too sensitive about this? Should I just forget it and move on? So first of all, let me validate your feelings real quick. It's like some people are talking about you. It does. Um, everybody talks. We can call it gossip if we want to, but I think gossip is uh, a negative term for things. And, and gossip is also very feminine. You know, they associ- I I think the truth is we all talk about people, ideas, places, things. We just talk. And not every conversation is for every person. You understand? And so... I do make a big point of what other people think about me is none of my business. Why I don't read the reviews for this podcast. It's why I don't read comments on work that I may end up being published. It's why I try not to eavesdrop because you can really get your feelings hurt if you hear something that's not meant for you. Think about how the way you handle things or the way I'll think about the way I handle things. Sometimes I need to vent with my mom or my husband about something. And we can talk about it. And once I've gotten that out, my feelings may evolve. And I may decide that what I was saying isn't necessarily how I feel now. But if you heard what I was saying, you would think, oh, Princess thinks I'm a piece of shit. Or maybe I'm not saying it the way I would say it to you or the way I, I, I would get it out. Sometimes it's messy. I just have to get it out. And then I have to like prune it down. Give me the opportunity to do that. And I wanna give other people the opportunity to do that too. I specifically ask people not to bring gossip about me back to me unless it's actionable. So if you think I have a dumb voice, I don't know what to do about that. This is the voice. It's gonna be the voice. If you think I say like too much, okay. There's nothing I can do about that. However, if a friend heard that another friend said that I am always complaining about something that is something that like means a lot to them and it's hard for them to talk to me because all I do is complain about that thing, that's actionable. I can go have a conversation with that person and be like, hey, I don't really want to tell you who told me because it's not really necessary, but. I heard that you've been having like a hard time talking to me because of this. And I want to talk about that with you. So is that true? And I want to give them the opportunity to say those things. And even if we come to the end and it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to stop doing that. And you're not going to start having a, stop having like a hard time with it. So what I can do is I can be cognizant when you're here and try to avoid it. At least like make it smaller. Or if you feel like you can't take, what's going on you may have to like distance yourself or go or leave and I have to accept that like that's still a resolution even though it didn't get it didn't get like quote-unquote fixed I'm fine with having those I'm a confrontational person I am a person if I hear my name in a room like if I can hear you I'm gonna come join you I'd be like okay so what's up but I try hard not to snoop because you get your feelings hurt fucking snooping okay Sometimes you get what you came for. So in this case, this isn't what happened. In this case, you accidentally. And they're laughing, right? So that's hurtful, right? Um, It's all, it doesn't, the part about where I was supposed to validate your feelings is that it never feels good to know that people are saying things behind your back, even if you're a person that's like, maybe that's not for me to hear. It doesn't feel great. They're laughing. You're not sure what it is. Um, keep in mind, they could have just been laughing because he was like, I fucking sent that message to her. I'm so stupid. It could have been that. I see further down here, you're saying. They've complained. Well, you say you keep thinking. I I thought it said, I, well, no, you did say, I know that they've talked about me before things like my relationship and so on. So you already know they talk about you and they complain about you and If that is a hurtful thing, I don't mind you confronting them, but this said they're not going to stop. They're dating. They talk about all kinds of shit between the two of them that they might not talk about with another friend. I just said that. Like I talk about shit with Mr. Curtis. I'm sorry. He knows all my secrets. So if you gave me a secret, he knows it too. Um, but so that you're never going to stop that, but you can talk to him about it and say, Hey, I know you sent that to me and you said I was being loud. I don't think I was being loud though. So if you had to mute yourself, okay, I'm doing my best. Like I, and I don't think I was being loud, but if you do have something that you want to talk to me about, I'm, I'm right here. And you know that cause you messaged me. I, that's fine to say. But I honestly think this group of friends is just not Again, like I just said, I want to do actionable things. Like I don't want to confront people over why they don't like me or I don't want to confront people over why they think I'm ugly. I can't change your mind about whether I'm ugly. You either think I'm ugly or you're not. And if you think I'm ugly, okay. Fine. <laughs> but like what am I going to do be like actually here are 10 of my best pictures with different angles. <laughs> I can't, that's not actionable. You think I'm ugly. Okay. I don't fuck with you. Cause I'm fucking cute as fuck. So obviously you don't have good taste and you need some glasses, but that's not a confront. That's not confrontational. I just don't fuck with you anymore. Cause you over here telling people I'm fucking ugly. For what reason? Why can't I be ugly in peace? Like just leave me and fuck alone. And so, but I don't know how actionable this is. I really do think that they are, they enjoy talking about you. And there's nothing you can do to make them stop. Even if you confront them, they're just going to talk about that. Um, If it's just the two of them, they're dating. I don't know that I'd be that upset. I think I just like, I wouldn't fuck with them anymore. If it's my whole entire friend group that is talking about me on my back. That is something I can definitely talk about and say, hey, um, I don't respect people who talk behind my back, but don't tell me the same thing. Is it possible that you guys can stop doing that? That said, they're probably just going to talk about that behind your back. It might just be you just play the game with them and they're not like friend friends. They're just game friends. You don't talk to them, talk about that with them. Or it might be you need to find a new set of friends. You have to decide how important this is to you. I just wanna be clear, I don't think it's gonna stop. I don't think you did anything wrong. I think it sucks to to, to, to be on the receiving end of something like that. I don't even necessarily think it's malicious, but if it bothers you, it doesn't matter if it was malicious. Intent doesn't matter. If it makes you feel uncomfortable in being in this group, okay. What are you going to do? And the question, and for me, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't play with them anymore because I don't want to be around people who, a lot of things you can just talk to me about. I mean, the fact that you think I'm ugly is not. (laughs) What are we going to talk about? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I probably find a new group of friends to play with. That's me. Um... Splitting electricity bills house mix. (laughs) Guys, I hate roommates. (laughs) This is the only reason I got married. Not the only reason, it's one of the reasons. I wanted a permanent roommate who I knew I could live with, who has my blood type and can give me a kidney. And has to give me a kidney because we're in a legal and spiritual relationship contract. Okay? We're in a legal and spiritual contract between us and the government and God. And so you have to give me a kidney. It's the law, okay? It's the law. If you don't give me a kidney, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> but living with people that won't have sex with me and won't give me a kidney, eh, not doing it. So, <laughs> splitting electricity bill with housemates. Background, there's three of us. There's a common washing machine and microwave. All of us barely use the microwave heat food max once a week and consider that the washing machine is being used equally. We don't need heating or cooling for the apartment. Where the fuck do y'all live? Nobody has extra appliances. There is no fee for having access to electricity that is being paid by the landlord. Any rules for the utility bills is not written in our contract. All three of us are ring for the first time. The, the electricity is including your rent is what you're trying to say. Issue. In the past, each of us didn't stay for one or three weeks in an apartment, but we all split it equally. In the future, we all continue to take long stays away from the house. I asked them if we could split the bill by the number of days we spend. For example, A stays 10 days, B, negative 25 days. C, negative 30 days. Bill total 150. So we're going to do it that way. I don't need to do the math for you guys. And that would be like, this person owes $23. This one's owes $57. This one owes $69. They are not convinced. They asked me why I didn't say anything in the past. We thought there was no better way to split it. But now the number of days each of us spends away is disproportionate. They don't want any racial but an equal one. How do I convince them otherwise? This is what you do. You go get your own fucking place. You are overthinking this. Their Roommates are tyranny, okay? First of all, if they're friends, they probably it's difficult to be friends afterwards because living with someone is difficult. I think a lot more marriages would be better if y'all didn't have to live together. That said, there are reasonable expectations. Reasonable expectations. Your guests will not be here unless you are here, unless we have previously discussed it. Your friend is coming in from out of town and we've all agreed that that person can stay for a week. They will be here when you're not here. Something that's not cool. Your boyfriend has a key to our house and just comes and stays. No, he don't live here. I'm not talking to him about no rent and I'm not talking about him about no cat here. No, he needs to. If, if I open the door, and your boyfriend's there. I'll be like, she ain't here. Close the door. Call her. Close the door. <sighs> Reasonable. It is reasonable to say we are going to split the rent three ways because there are three rooms here. That's reasonable. It's also reasonable at the start that you guys are like, hey, we are going to split the rent three ways, but we're going to make the person who has the biggest room and also has a bathroom in their room pay $50 more because we just think that's a little bit more fair. And we all agree to that. Sounds great. But this nitpicking and nickel and diming people over the amount of electricity used, which is included in your rent, is ridiculous. And I can tell this is the first time you live with someone because I own this house. I have to pay the mortgage of this bitch no matter what. Whether I'm in here or not, uh this space is safe for me, is dedicated to me. I own the bitch where I'm here or not. I don't call the bank on and be like, yo, I'm going to Disney. I will not be there for a week. So I'm about to prorate this mortgage because I wasn't using the area. They're like, bitch, you own it. You owned it the whole time. It was for your use the whole time. And that's how renting works as well. It is like, is it for your use? That's why subletting's a thing. Your landlord is not gonna say, oh, you were gone for three weeks so it only paid me a week of rent. No, you, your shit was here. You could have been here. I'm not in charge of your vacation plans. That's not how this shit works. So, and also, the electricity bill, maybe I'm confused. I thought the electricity bill was paid by the le- you, landlord. If the electricity is paid by the landlord, you have not a fucking leg to stand on. It is included in your rent. But if you're saying the fee to the electricity, which I don't, a lot of these things are um, outside of the US, which culturally I I don't always understand. But he's saying like, maybe he's saying a fee is being paid, but then the bill is split. Okay, you still don't have a leg to stand on. Did Were we supposed to cut the power to your room while you were gone? We can't. You live here. You have to pay. At, you, We pay the electricity here. You have to. And even if you could get them to agree to this, like I wouldn't even bring something like this up. This nickel and diming of things makes you look incredibly cheap and ridiculous. And the first thing I'm gonna ask is, are you having money problems? Because we have made an agreement on like the rent. We're all splitting the rent and we're splitting the, the utility bills together. What has changed with you? Because if you're having money problems and what you're asking me is like, I really can't make a... Uh, pay the utility bill, could you float me this month? This is a whole different conversation. Like right now I'm looking at you and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I don't definitely understand I don't have any fucking money. Now I'm going to be concerned. But we're we're having a different conversation than um, I uh, calculated each of our use of the electricity. Um, People don't do that. The exception would be if the electricity bill is like incredible, I wanna know where you are that you're not heating and cooling ever. What's that about? Um, The exception would be if the electricity bill was somehow inflated because your roommate is running a grow house in his room, something like that. The electricity, the water bill is so big this month Because one of us went outside with the hose, never turned it off, and just ran water down the fucking street for a day and a half. Understood. Understood where you're like, listen, this bill is so high. This is your mistake. I am willing to pay what it normally is. So the bill is usually $100 for water. I don't know. I don't know. Depending. It's $100 for water every day. That might be high, actually. Um, Every month. And we split that three ways, $33 each. It is now $200. So I am fine to pay my regular $33. And he's going to pay his $33. And you are going to pay your $33. And you're going to pay for the mistake you made. That is understandable. There's some reasoning behind that. This is like going out to eat with someone. And I, I believe in separate checks. I love that. Love that. I love when we know we're going to have separate checks when we walk in this bitch. Okay. And when it's understood, fine. But we split the appetizer and they can split the appetizer between checks and they did. But then you tell me I got more of the blooming onion than you had. So now I need to pay, you only want to pay 30% of the blooming onion. And I also did some more dipping in the sauce than you did. So you only paying 30% because you didn't get enough sauce and you didn't get enough onion. so So I need to pay 70%. The juice ain't worth the squeeze, baby. A blooming onion don't cost that much. You are talking about the difference of tens of cents is what you're talking about here. And the perception of you is not worth the 80 cents you about to get is not worth it. I don't know if that's true. I don't, I'm not good at math. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's what what you will receive is nominal. Okay. Negligible. Okay. And instead to get it though, you have to seem like a dick. It's not worth it. I really, it's not worth it. In this breakdown that they had, they had like roommate A would, have, would pay $23 electricity, roommate B would pay $57, roommate C would pay $69. This amount of money, don't call me rich because bitch I ain't, but this amount of money is not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. Would it be hundreds of dollars? Maybe. Don't do this. Don't do this. And if you feel like if you feel like you really want to push this, you really want to push this, I personally would start looking for my own place. Because people ain't going to live with you. Who are you, Sheldon from Big Bang Theory? Who the fuck? This is not how you treat roommates. (sighs) All right, I got 15 minutes before I hit my two hour mark. Uh, Let's do one more. My friend, 19 female, is dating a 31 year old man. Our whole group, friend group expressed our discomfort with this. And they said they get it, but they're not going to break up. This is very clearly not okay. What can we do? I'm assuming the reason that you're saying it's not okay is because there is a huge uh, age difference and therefore a power imbalance and it's very hard to maintain relationships with power imbalances and in fact, your friend may be being taken advantage of. Okay? It's possible. I would be uncomfy with this big of an age difference too. That said, This is none of your business. (laughs) It is literally none of your business. Like... Obviously you're close to your friend, right? We're all close to our friends. But we need to draw boundaries and I can ask you mm, Let me tell you when I was younger, I used to make my opinions known about everything. I was like my opinion is important and I need people to know about it and I, you know, my opinion, my opinion, that's just my opinion. Like I would I would just like butt me and my big nose and my big opinions in everybody's shit. I had a lot of fucking opinions and I still have a lot of opinions. Why else do I have a podcast? (laughs) But, but the older I've gotten, the more I can see how me being extremely judgmental of people I care about has hurt our friendships, has hurt our relationships. I've had friends in abusive relationships and which I was staunchly against. And because I was staunchly against, and I could not, I could not bring myself not to bring it up at all times, and abusive in different ways—physically, emotionally, um, financially—abusive. Like, I, after I made my opinion known, I wouldn't let the shit go, and I lost my friend. And not only did I lose my friend when my friend needed me because I was right. That's the other thing. I'm right a lot. I don't want to be. I wish I was wrong more often, but I'm not around the type of people I will need to be around to be wrong. I'm right. That's, so That's the type of shit I would say when I was 21. <laughs> anyway, I don't say shit like that now. Anyway, because I was right about the situation, when my friend could have used like my support and help I, she wasn't able to talk to me about it because I had been so much like, you're stupid. Don't do this. Don't do this. This is dumb. I, I'd been that. So she couldn't even bring herself to like, come and talk to me about it because I done all that. I say this about my kids. I mean, this about my husband and I mean, this about my friends. I am always on your side. Whatever. What do you think? What's the best decision for you? Okay, I don't think that's the best decision. But if that's where we're going, rah rah motherfucking team. Okay, I can be. I can let you know what my opinion is and what I think. And that is, is that a 19 year old dating a 31 year old? There are almost always red flags in those relationships. There are almost always a power imbalance. There is always. There's almost I've always an element of control there, those, those relationships are almost always not healthy. That said, we're all in bad relationships. <laughs> I'm just saying we're not all, healthy is not like, what does that mean? And I'm making bad choices over here too sometimes. And so instead of me pounding on you about this, pounding, you heard me. We had a conversation about it. You know what my stance is on this. Okay. All right. Listen, I I hope this works out. I really do. I I I always want you to win. I hope that I'm wrong and this is like the best thing that ever happened to you and I love you. That's it. I want I want the best for you. And probably what I would do is I would stop talking about it. Now, if if I felt that he was detrimental to her, like actually abusive, I would not be around him. Right? So we're not going on no double dates and I'm not going on no family vacations. I'm not doing any of that. But I would still, I would not talk about their their partner and I would still be my friend's friend. And if they brought their partner, I would empathize, validate, ask them what they want to do. What's your What's your next step? If they asked me, I would never lie, ever, But I would say, well, this is part of the this is part of why I thought it wasn't a good idea for the relationship. Um, So, no, I don't think that's what he should be doing. No, actually, I don't think I don't think he's allowed to tell you when you can go to the bathroom. I actually think that's really scary that someone thinks that that's a thing for them. You know, I think that's actually really scary. And I'm worried about that. What 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 do you want to do? This is if you want to keep that friendship. I mean, listen, we're if you're 19, if your friend's 19 and you guys are 19-ish in that, I'm assuming. um, Gosh, you might be 31. You might be, you might be like closer to his age or whatever. And you're friends with, you're actually friends with him. It's possible. If you feel like having like them around you would be bad for you, I would stop hanging out with them. But you can't do shit. You can't, you can't make people's decisions for them. You really can't. I think you've done everything you can do. And if you want to stay friends, then I would stay off this topic. I would do a lot. I would, not like, when they are in an argument with this person, I wouldn't be like, I told you so. I fucking told you. Because they're going to get back together next week, babe. And then she's going to tell him that you said that. And then he's going to be like, "She's not. they're not supportive of our relationship. That's what's going to happen. I would just be like, hey, I got you. I'm here for you. I'm here. I love you. I make bad mistakes too. I make the wrong decisions all the time. I just want you to win. I just want, that's it. I'm here. I'm in the stands. I got my little pom-poms on in my jersey and I will be here hoping for the best, praying for the best, doing anything I can to support you because I care that much about you. That's, that's how you handle it. And then you mind your own business. Okay, that is it. I talked a lot. I talked a lot for and mostly about the kids stuff. And I apologize about that. I know that like some people just don't care about that. And I understand that. But I am passionate about that sort of stuff. And especially people that are in like similar situations to me. And like I I often want to pass on the things that I know that like I know work for me and maybe it'll work for you, too. The other stuff, I hope I hope I hope I helped you guys make some good decisions. If I made, if you made bad decisions, that's okay. We all make bad decisions. We all get digmatized. We all make a left when we should've fucking made a right. And then they have to backtrack. We all do this. Um, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're dumb. It doesn't mean that you're worthless. It just means that, you know, you got some uh, work to do. That's it. That's it. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.